Hi everyone, this is two-time World Poker Tour champion, Jonathan Little, and I want to tell you about my training site, PokerCoaching.com. Poker Coaching is the place to be if you want to increase your poker skills and learn to crush the games. It's the only place to quickly increase your win rate with active learning, so you can achieve your full poker potential without having to hire an expensive coach. Right now, podcast listeners can score a free membership by visiting pokercoaching.com slash cardplayer and get access to top training tools like our interactive hand quizzes, our 7, 14, and 30-day challenges, and a roster of elite coaches such as Matt Affleck, James Romero, Burt Draftganger-Stevens, Michael Acevedo, and dozens of others. Again, that's pokercoaching.com slash cardplayer to get your free membership right now. By now, you've heard about Global Poker, one of the fastest growing online card rooms available in the US and Canada today. So what's stopping you from trying it out? Global Poker is a safe and secure social poker site that uses their own patented sweepstakes model. Signing up is easy. You can use Google, Facebook, or just an email address. You can always play for free on Global Poker, but you can also buy gold coins for additional play, which will earn sweeps coins that can be redeemed for real cash to a bank account, Skrill account, or even as a gift card. Get a free 5,000 gold coins when you sign up right now at GlobalPoker.com. Poker Stories is an audio series that features casual interviews with some of the game's best players and personalities. Each episode highlights a well-known figure in the poker world and dives deep into their favorite tales both on and off the felt. Hello and welcome to Poker Stories, a podcast brought to you by Card Player, the Poker Authority, and hosted by me, Julio Rodriguez. This is episode number 144, and it features Mike Holtz. Uh, when he was growing up, Mike was very good at video games, and in fact, he was so good that he was at one point ranked number one in World of Warcraft and was recruited to join a traveling league called the World Series of Gaming. Unfortunately, that league did not last, and Mike was left without work and feeling a little lost, looking for the next step in life. He tried uh, various odd jobs, one of which was illegal and landed him in jail. But that ended up being a turning point for Mike, and it wasn't long after that that poker came into the picture. He moved to Las Vegas from his native Maryland with the intention of being a cash game pro, but discovered that tournaments were more profitable, specifically online, playing under the name Brock Lesnar. In 2021, he won a WSOP circuit ring, and at the end of the year was crowned the WSOP.com Player of the Year. And then last October, in the WSOP Online series, Mike won the Lucky Sevens event for his first gold bracelet. Anyway, that is enough intro. Here is my conversation with Mike Holtz. I am here with the one and only Mike Holtz. Mike, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Great. Thank you for inviting me to your home so we could discuss some poker and maybe some other some some other fun stuff that came before. That. Sure, yeah. Uh, in this podcast, we go back to the beginning. We can't just go right to your accomplishments. So let's go to, was it Ocean City, Maryland? or Yeah, it's where I grew up, Ocean City, Maryland. You were born there? Uh, no, born in Washington, D.C. Oh, okay. Um, I moved your family to... were politicians? 
Obviously, yeah. Uh, no, real estate. <laughs> the only job there. Yeah, right. That's literally it. That's There's nothing else. Uh, no, real estate agents. And uh, my dad was in construction. Um, yeah, we moved to Ocean City when I was 10 from like the Silver Spring, Washington, D.C. area. Okay. Yeah. And Did, what, what were you getting into back then? When I was 10? Mm-hmm. Probably like, uh, I don't know, like Sonic the Hedgehog, <laughs> you know, a little bit of <laughs> elementary school. I was this would have been the real. year 2000? Yeah, it seems right. Yeah. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you were a gamer. Big gamer, always. From when I was young, my my mom, she always tells me a story. I don't know about the age being accurate, but she always would tell me, like when I was three years old, she'd sit me down in front of the TV and we'd play Mega Bomber Man two player. And she said I was always so much better than her. <laughs> we played two player uh, Super Mario Brothers three and stuff like that. So I've always, I mean, I remember, I can literally remember sitting in front of my Magnavox TV. When I was like, I don't know, five or six, and putting a, 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 a VHS in and clicking the record button and literally recording my Sonic the Hedgehog. Wow. Me playing to watch backwards later on and be like, yeah. wow, I'm so good. Like, yeah, you also need the game film to study. Yeah, exactly. You got to, yeah, oh my God, how am I going to get the That rings? was cool that mom played. I don't think my mom ever picked up my Nintendo controller. Yeah, my mom was into games, gambling. She's, yeah, she, she, she likes to get down. Gambling? Sure. Okay. Yeah, she likes a little blackjack here and there, you know. Was this before or after you found the Pokemon? Way before. Okay. She's the one that taught me how to play poker. The first the first game I ever played was a game called Midnight Baseball. You ever heard of that? No. I don't. I, I couldn't tell you how to play. I'm sure it was like twelve card stud with like you know. They, <laughs> we played it like heads up and her. Um, we were in the a uh, hotel room in Atlantic City at the Hilton back when it was a Hilton. I still remember this. And we played in this little corner desk. Must have been like six or seven or something like that. Yeah. She taught me Midnight Baseball and like some stud and some tr- draw variants and things like that. She's like, 15 years from now, you'll be allowed to go downstairs and do this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, literally. Uh, 13 years later, 12 years later, I was uh, I was taking her credit card and playing on full tilt. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, we're not there yet. We're not there yet. Okay, back to gaming. Back yeah, to gaming. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. You discovered you were great at gaming. Yeah, pretty good. <laughs> not bad. I always kick my friend's ass and everything and... Yeah, it's pretty good at video games for sure. Just something that I just like naturally just happen to be good at. Were you one of those kids that had the latest system always, always, always getting beating games in a week for yeah. <laughs> turning into Blockbuster? Yeah, I remember <laughs> I remember Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Underground, I think it was. It was like the fourth or fifth one that came out. It came out, and the first day it came out, I beat it on Sick, which was like the hardest mode. <laughs> and I went to school the next day or two days later, whenever maybe it was the weekend. And I went back there and I was like, oh, yo, you guys beat Tony Hawk's. It's crazy. And all my friends had gotten the game. Yeah. But they all were like, what the hell, dude? No. Like, what are you talking about? We're still about? on you, level three. Yeah. You beat the game <laughs> on sick. Like, what is wrong with you? You know? Yeah. So I've always, yeah, it's just games have always been my thing. Okay. And then when did uh, Warcraft come into it? Oh, gosh. Um, so let's see. So I skateboarded for a while, actually. There was like a period of time before this, my cousin Kyle... I'd, I'd gone over to his house when I was maybe, I don't know, 12, something like that. And I saw him playing Diablo 2 on computer. Are you familiar with Diablo 2 at all? It's a first-person shooter, right? No, it's uh, it's like a... Um, how do you even describe this? It's like a... Uh, how, how do I describe this? I used to assume it was like a Doom-type game. But no, no, it's not like Doom. It's like... Um, I want to say platform. It's not platform. Why can I not think of the name of what type of game it is? RPG. Yeah, it's an RPG. That's, there you go. That's the name. You <laughs> yeah, it's an RPG. Yeah. I so wonder you play, why you can't remember that. Yeah, I couldn't. I can't figure out why. Um, so 
uh, yeah, I saw him playing that, and then I got hooked to that. I mean, my mom got me a computer so I could play Diablo 2, and then that turned into, so that, that game's by Blizzard Entertainment, which is a really popular company, or was at the time, and then from Diablo 2, I went to their other game, Warcraft 3, and then from Warcraft 3, World of Warcraft came out, and as soon as that came out, I bridged to that, and that's when I, yeah, like, started playing Pretty hardcore. <laughs> What's hardcore? Like so twenty I, hours a day. So Warcraft three. I would play, a Coke bottle. Yeah. No. <laughs> oof, boy, I've never done that. Cough. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So uh, let's see. Maybe two hours a day for Warcraft three. I was skateboarding all the time. Like I, I'd go out uh, when I get home from school. I'd skateboard my friends. It was a big skateboarding culture. And I broke my ankle. I might broke my foot. Um, pretty bad. And then that's when. Well, how'd you do it? What was the trick? Uh, oh, it was, something, it was like kick flipping a three stair or something stupid. Okay. Yeah. It was like really stupid. How I, bad was it? Like how far did someone have to carry you to a car? Like was No, it... but I knew like there was like when I landed, like the second my foot hit, I just went, I broke my ankle. <laughs> like, I, can, I always I, I can remember. Literally, it was like as I landed, I just went, I broke my ankle. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, it was like I was the most possible possible, but I walked home or whatever. Yeah, I was, uh, yeah, yeah, I walked home. What a soldier. Uh, yeah, so I walked home to Warcraft 3, and then briefly after that, World of Warcraft came out, and then that's when I was like, wow, I don't think, I don't think I need anything else besides this game and pizza for a while. <laughs> <laughs> so your boy got a little fat. You were an indoor kid, huh? I was an indoor kid, yeah. I got really fat, and all my friends who skateboarded would come to my house and be like, yo, get out of the house, what are you doing? And I'd be like... Oh, don't you see that I'm raiding a Nixia right now? Like, what are you talking about? You know what I mean? How bad was his addiction? My addiction? Yeah. Ma- maximum. <laughs> maximum bad. Crack. People yeah. addicted to crack? Equal levels, for sure. Like, 100%. You would have raged if somebody took away your system. Yeah, my mom took away my system a few times, and I raged. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> There's, like, crazy viral like, videos on the internet of this happening. Yeah, yeah, but not, not, not for me, of course. I mean, I wasn't... <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't throwing shit, but yeah. you really cried a little bit. You know, I got mm-hmm. upset. <clears throat> yeah, I was pretty addicted. But you were also very good. Yeah, I was like the best in the world. It was ridiculous. So how do they determine that? Like there was like a world ranking system. Or so something, the or? way it worked was this, right? Every every um, uh, there's all these servers. So if you played the game, you were on a server. So you picked a server. They all had different names: Bleeding Hollow, Tychondrius, whatever the name is. Is are they like sorted by what system you're playing on, or like skill? No, level? they're all PC. Everything's oh, okay. PC. There is no Xbox or anything. Um, but so, some of them are PVE, which is players versus environment, which is just like you fight monsters. You don't really fight players. And the other ones are PVP, which is what I played on player versus player. Mm-hmm. So it was more of a it's, – it's more skillful player versus yeah. player, obviously, because it's not a scripted encounter. So um, what I was best at was this thing called Arena. So it was like the competitive player versus player format at the time. They had like two versus two, three versus three, five versus five. And the way that they – determined who was the best was just um basically after the first season of arena everyone who was good all transferred to one battle group which is a group of servers who could all play each other so there's like 160 servers there's like 15 battle groups 16 battle groups whatever it was and everyone who was good was in battle group nine bg9 and so whenever we moved over there uh, there was a time in bg9 where i was number one at 2v2 3v3 and 5v5 all at the same time <laughs> and it was like it wasn't a thing where every single person said i was the best but it was like a pretty there consensus. was a debate <laughs> yeah there was certainly a debate there were some other there were some other really good players but some poker players back in the day right yeah yeah there's a few i'm trying to think who i know that's famous that played 
Um, well, Elki didn't play Warcraft, right? Elki no, played Starcraft. Starcraft. Elki was Starcraft. I'm trying to think who played World of Warcraft. Dave Chappelle played World of Warcraft. I played with uh, Sean Fanning, the uh, guy that invented Napster. He was like, yeah, yeah. he was my best friend online. That's crazy. Yeah, like he was um, when we. So we, I did it professionally. I played World of Warcraft professionally. I played um, World Series of Video Gaming. So basically, Napster, Sean Fanning, that was his character. His name was Napster. Uh, he had a program called Rupture. And Rupture was like supposed to be the next MySpace or Facebook of video gaming. Right? You could go in there. You could see how many hours played. You could see what character somebody played. But And like I beta tested it. It was terrible. <laughs> like it was, it was, yeah, like it wasn't, it was cool, but it was like, no one really gave a shit, you know what I mean? We were all nerds. Like, it's not, you know. So, uh, we he sponsored us. We were Team Rupture, and we went and played World Series of Video Gaming, flew around the world, went to Toronto, went to Kentucky, Dallas, and uh, around the world. We went. We flew around the continental United States. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, we were supposed to, hey, well, we were supposed to fly to... Uh, to London, and then we were supposed to go to DreamHack in Sweden, but World Series of Video Gaming lost its funding. Oh, so it okay. canceled the last two events. They it's were like, like that, that was a Kentucky trip? A Kentucky trip, uh, bottom of out? Oh, well, the Louisville, Kentucky trip? Yeah, yeah. yeah no, it, so that was the first trip. I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what happened. I don't know, but it seemed, because World of Warcraft sucks as a spectator sport. Like, as far as esports go, if World of Warcraft was a good esport, if mm-hmm. it could be good, I 100% would have been playing World of Warcraft, and I probably would have become famous just off that. But esports, uh, they have to be fun to watch. Like, and even me being at the top of the game of World of Warcraft, when I played, it was like I'd I would watch the other matches from other teams, and I'd be like, you know, it's 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 kind of hard to know what's going on. Like, it just <laughs> it's so convoluted. It's it's not it's not a a, a viewer friendly game. The game so. wasn't designed for that reason. Correct. Right. Yeah. Nowadays, the they're kind of yeah thinking I, I, about that. Though. Yeah, I would assume they are. I'm not sure. Yeah. I haven't played any of the newer versions in some time. <laughs> If anybody hears any growling in the background, that's uh, <laughs> yeah. Mike's, Mike's second dog who's just <laughs> still warming up to me, but that's okay. <laughs> He's a good girl. <laughs> okay, so that goes bust. And do you like pick up a new game or do you... Mm. So that went bust. They lost funding. Because you were, you were identifying as a gamer back then. Yeah, no. So then, um, no, I didn't pick up a different game. Actually, it's interesting. I ended up... Um, I ended up going back to skateboarding, hanging out with friends more, and I actually had a profound experience with mushrooms that made me decide at this point, <coughs> at this point I was 350 pounds. So I gained Oh wow, you got real big. Yeah, I was super fat. So I literally was, uh, <laughs> I'm being attacked by dogs right now. <laughs> it's pretty vicious. Um, uh, what was I saying? Guys. You to put it's all good. Yeah. It's all good. We can wait till they go away. So you want to do that? I come over here. I'm going to give her something to. Uh, let me just give her a thing. Mushroom story to be continued. <laughs> So your profound experience. Okay, yeah. So I took mushrooms with a couple of my bu- with one of my buddies, and uh, 
what I got out of that was that being 350 pounds was unacceptable. And so I like, uh, I realized that I had to lose weight. So the, literally the next day I went on, um, South beach diet and I lost like a hundred pounds in a year. Wow. Yeah. So you were, you, you have discipline. You, if you stick to something, I, I am capable of discipline. <laughs> I am capable of discipline. Well, you needed to win player of the year. Right. Which we'll get to soon. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That is true. That is true. No, I don't, I'm not always disciplined. Like, let's be real here, you know. But I am capable of extreme discipline if I put my mind to one thing only for a long time. Okay. Um, so, I, and yeah, now that I think about it, as you say that, yeah, it's probably something I've done a few times to pretty, pretty, pretty good outcomes. So you're 18 years old. Yep. Your gaming uh, league has just gone away. Yep. College? Uh, I went to a community college to this place called Warwick. Um, it was just like a community college near me. And yeah, I just like fucked off the entire time. Yeah. Uh, I sold weed. I just smoked a bunch of bud. I uh, got some odd jobs. I worked as a uh, bouncer in an under-21 club. Which a bouncer was... in an under-21 club? Yeah, it's ridiculous. So, I, yeah, it's exactly as it as it sounds. <laughs> you just like, you're just, there's, there's fights. There is fights all the time. It's yeah. pretty annoying. Uh, and you got to drag people out, but it's more of like, you're trying to keep the people who are over 21 out, you know, oh, there's yeah. like a shocking amount. And like now that I'm now thinking about it now, I didn't realize really what was going on at the time. But like there'd be a lot of people who were like 22, 25, yeah, that's 30. creepy. Yeah. And they'd come in, they'd try to sneak you a hundred dollars and be like, yo, let me get in. And I'd have to be like, no. Yeah. But in my mind, I was just following the rules. I wasn't really thinking about how outlandishly creepy these, these humans were. <laughs> I remember going to underage clothes and like, you know, they weren't serving alcohol. So how do we, Oh yeah. They had Red Bull. My sister had to sneak. My sister in. was the bartender. <laughs> she was like selling them Red Bulls and monsters, yeah. slinging them. Yeah. I, I worked as, um, Let's see, I restock shelves overnight. Um, what else should I do? I do have a question on the podcast. What was the worst job you ever had before poker? So The worst job I ever had before poker? Hmm. What was the worst job? Oh, easy. DocPrep.net. I worked at this place called DocPrep.net, and it was literally, like, it had to be a scam. It was, like, <laughs> some sort of Obama program where they... They did something with your mortgages. It wasn't refinancing. It was re-something. And it was this program. And my mom was the real estate agent for the uh, for the building. She, like, leased them the building. Mm-hmm. And so whenever they came in, she was like, my good-for-nothing son, got to get him a job. <laughs> my mom sounds nothing like that. And <laughs> so it's like, literally, I don't know who that is. But um, so, so I, got, uh, I got this job working for them. But it was, like, cold-calling people. Asking them to refine. So basically, I spent a month on the phone with like incredibly religious zealots who just wanted to like convert me to their religions yeah. instead of me selling them the product. And like the whole thing was docprep.net. Like the rule was you couldn't hang up. You know what I mean? You couldn't like hang up with the customer. So I just had to list. Like I literally yeah. go to work and it'd be like I'd have to call Clarence <laughs> from you know Kentucky and he would tell me about why I should you know devote my my life to being a Mormon you know for eight hours. And then I made I made no money. I was there for like a month. I made zero dollars. All commission. I literally remember. I just I I remember I got caught by my boss. It was like a month in. I was only going there at that point to, just so my mom wasn't off. Oh my! It was just she leave me alone basically. And I was studying poker. I was looking at like 
like I don't even know, maybe like an upswing strategy guide or some sort of strategy guide from like, man, way back in the day. I don't even think upswing existed. But it was like I was looking at some rudimentary thing and my boss came up behind me and was like, what are you doing, man? This is why you don't, you know, you're not making any money. <laughs> yeah, I this just, is why. You know, I was just thinking, myself, like, dog, like, I don't even know what I'm selling. Like, I don't yeah. know what I'm doing here. So I literally got up and left. <laughs> that was the worst job I ever had by far, for sure. That sounds yeah. miserable. Just yeah. being on the phone doing anything, but like trying to pitch cold call mortgages or refinances or whatever. Mm-hmm. No, thank you. Yeah, I like customer service. I like talking to people. I worked... um as a hotel manager, that's what my, you know, I, I went, I stopped going to Warwick. I went back for hotel and motel management. I went back and I was working in a place called uh, Park Place Hotel, which was a decent job for a while. Like I, I ended up getting caught selling weed. So I had to get a job uh, to get on work release out of jail. Uh, how was jail? Uh, well, first, what was the incident that got you caught? I was just selling weed. Um, I just like got a bunch of weed from California and. And yeah, apparently, and I didn't know this, but that's illegal <laughs> in Maryland in 2010. If you have pounds of marijuana and the police find it, they don't let yeah. you keep it, and then they throw you behind bars. It's wild. How frustrating is it to see it decriminalized? And you know what I mean? And it's great. Well, I'm not. I'm given that you got in trouble for it. And... I mean, it's frustrating knowing that I got in trouble, but like, I do think unfortunately that that somehow might have shaped my life into some way of success like i might have like at you know you know the game plinko on mm-hmm. uh price is right yeah you, like drop the thing like i think i plinkoed my way into the into the money spot somehow into the center slot yeah. yeah like somehow like i had to hit the jail slot on the you know what i mean <laughs> like it had to and eventually it just got here and this to me this seems optimal <laughs> you know yeah. like uh, i feel like i've done very well for my skill set. Yeah, I like life, to think but... of myself like there were like a hundred different outcomes given after I was born, and mm-hmm. I'm in, in the top ten percent. Yeah, you know? that's like... how, that's how I feel too. Like I feel, yeah. I mean, I was a uh, not to get off track, but like I felt like a disappointment my entire life up until like two years ago, and now I'm like the fucking hero. Really? The... Even yeah. that long? Oh, I, yeah. I mean, before right, like literally t- two months into Player of the Year, I still like I I was getting phone calls from. My, Man, six months into Player of the Year, I was getting phone calls from family members being like, you know, well, what are you doing, you know? like. And then whenever it came and I was like, I'm about to be the Player of the Year for World Series of Poker Online in Nevada. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the hub, right? I mean, if you were to think, like, where's the hub of poker? It's obviously going to be Vegas. Yeah. So, like, whenever that happened that's when my family was all of a sudden like we're always we always knew none of my family yeah. members sound anything like my impressions by the way <laughs> we always knew that you had it yeah, in I'm you i'm trying to figure out yeah. what this doesn't sound like maryland at no, all no not it's not yeah no it's not yeah it's okay bro <laughs> yeah okay so what wait for i don't want to keep harping on the no your jail okay. thing but it's interesting yeah, yeah. to me what was it like getting arrested was um, it like an undercover situation or somebody mm-hmm. just roll up yeah no they um yeah, so they, somebody snitched. This kid snitched. I hope he got stitches. <laughs> no, he never. He never got stitches. He got like a piece of pizza thrown at him once, and like there might have been, a, there might have been a pitcher of beer or two dumped on his head at a bar. But no, he didn't get stitches, unfortunately. Um, but to be fair, the kid was like he was a ni- he he was a nice kid that just got caught up in a dumb situation. Like I'm sure sh- they they had they caught him with probably like a gram of weed and scared him into telling, and so. We were getting weed mailed to us from California, and um, I don't know what to do 
Dookie with the dogs. Here you go. I don't know if that's going to work. That, well, it did somehow. I don't know. That was, I totally won't. I, I winged that really hard. That was good. That was I can't genius believe, improvising. I can't believe that worked. That's impressive. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, oh, so jail. Yeah. So getting arrested sucked. Um, they pulled us over. Uh, I had just sold a pound of weed to somebody. They watched it happen, and they didn't follow the person I sold the pound of weed to because they didn't they didn't realize I sold a pound of weed to them. Yeah. So like I sold them a pound, and then I had a few ounces with me in a in a trash bag, and I threw that in the trunk of the car I got in, and then they followed me and they pulled us over. Um, but yeah, it was actually crazy. Uh, my lawyer beat the court the case in court like right away. I I, th- I thought I was going to jail um, for six months. Um, like a year before I actually did. And my lawyer went in there and he brought every uh, police officer on the stage and he just eviscerated them. Yeah. It was hilarious. What was your probable cause? <clears throat> yeah, well, it was just like, a, oh, what? So you saw him with a trash bag and you pulled him over? He's like, I don't know about you, but trash bags are illegal or illegal where I come from. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's like, I keep other things other than drugs in there. You ever keep things other than drugs in your trash bag officer and you know it was it was fantastic the judge and him were making jokes so i get yeah. off the state appeals my case the next day which is the first time in maryland or in worcester county history that anyone's had under 100 pounds of marijuana case appealed yeah. so they appeal it uh, you just lose immediately if, if they if the state appeals your it goes to the appellate court you don't get a lawyer. They just mail you a thing nine months later and just say you lose. So you say, we made a mistake. Sorry. We, yeah. Turns out you actually are guilty. Yeah. <laughs> Sir, it appears you thought you were innocent. What an error. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So then, yeah. So I go to jail then. But at this point, I'd gotten the job at Park Place Hotel. So I was working as a front desk manager and I was doing well. And I had all these reputable people in town who vouched for me, you know, because like, um, I mean, I'd like to think that I'm like a, you know, personal person and uh, I'm not I'm not your I'm not I'm not your standard drug dealer you know at this <laughs> at this point like I, I was more of the, the the friendly man's drug dealer you know what I mean well, this I, was you know this was a plant this wasn't meth yeah exactly I wasn't yes yeah let's yeah I was it was a plant yeah it was this is a plant that we all know and love and is legal in many states now yes that's correct including Maryland so yeah went went to jail that sucked that sucked. <laughs> so they would let you out every day? Um, so I said I was on work release, but it wasn't. I actually ended up doing weekends. So it's actually sick. Okay. So I did, I did weekends. So I'd go in. I'd work the work week. And then Friday, I would go in at like 4 p.m. or 3 p.m. And then I'd get out Sunday at like 6 p.m. And it counted as two days. <clears throat> or wait, no. Friday, Saturday. Yeah, for all Friday, all Saturday. Yeah, it was either two or three days, whatever it was. And then, so I only, I only did 30 days. So with good behavior, it was like eight weekends or something like that. Yeah. So it wasn't that bad. Like, it was like, I mean, there were some people in there who sucked. But like, at the time, I was lifting weights. I was like pretty jacked. And like, I was pretty athletic. And I knew everybody in the area. Like, I knew a lot of people in there. They were like my boys. So like, yeah, I didn't have any issues. Okay. It, was, it wasn't like a, you know. I it wasn't like a scariest TV made it out to be? No, like I walked in and they were like, fresh meat. And I was like, shut 
up. <laughs> like, I was like, I know you, Devontae. Like, yeah, that's get a, out that, of here. That's a stereotype right there. Yeah, and they're like, oh, Mike, what, what are you doing here? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> what the fuck? They got you. Like, Yeah, especially when they find out what you did. They're just like, oh, come on. Leave them alone. Yeah, oh, I mean. Wait, it, come on. Well, if anything, I met people in there where it was like, I easily could have just gone out and just sold more weeds. Like, it was like everybody. That's the other thing. Did you yeah. feel rehabilitated? <laughs> no. <laughs> what a joke. Yeah, no, they don't rehabilitate anyone yeah, in jail. Yeah, exactly. They just make you more connections, if anything. Yeah, no, it's terrible. Everybody goes into jail, and then they come out as a better criminal. I mean, that's that's just the truth. Like, it's it's crazy. <laughs> I like this improv you're doing. Um, okay, so you get out, and this crew at the hotel introduces you to poker? Oh, yeah, right. So, um... So no, I so I had already played poker before this. Right with mom. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, but I got out of high school. My buddy Brad, he played poker. His dad was like a gambler. His dad liked to play like these ten dollar home games, twenty dollar home games with friends, forty dollar home games, whatever it was. And um, Brad taught our friend group how to play. And so we would sit around a table that was about half the size of the table we're on right now. We play eight handed poker, <laughs> nine handed, ten handed poker. It's insane. And we play there like every other night for like, uh, we play 25 cent, 50 cent. And I loved it. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, this is sick, you know? And I was doing well, you know, 10 bucks a night or whatever, 15 bucks a night, but hanging with the boys was fun. Um, that's where I learned uh, originally. Um, and then I had played some full tilt, some poker stars online, you know, on my mom's credit card, uh, my mom's name on there. Mm-hmm. Um I played a couple times like the uh, I so Maryland's right next to Delaware. They're like literally Ocean City, Maryland is a ten minute drive from yeah. from Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. Or is it from called Delaware Downs or uh, Dover Downs. Dover Downs. So yeah. Dover Downs is like an hour and a half away. But that's so that's not. I'm not. I haven't played. I at this point I'd never played there. I would play it. They had charity poker rooms right across the line where you could only buy in maximum of 150 a night. That was it. They yeah. cut you off after that, and it was one two like seven seven cap rake or something. It was ridiculously wow. it's really bad but so i play in those and um yeah i i always was better than most people but like i wasn't making a crazy amount of money you know what i mean and then one day i was working at the front desk it was after the work release stuff it was after i'd gotten out of jail and there was so in the front desk there is um to the left there's a jewelry store like right like you look over from behind the front desk and there's a jewelry store right there you know the customers can walk in it's called park place jewelers it's a guy named there named todd ferrante who's the owner he's a good friend of mine now and um at the time he'd come outside and he would uh we'd talk fantasy football you know and he'd always be asking me questions about fantasy he knew i was i was into it and um yeah, one night he was like, listen, off chance, you don't play poker, do you? And I was like, you know, I've dabbled. And I'd heard, I'd heard that they had played. So Todd's, you know, he, he owns a jewelry store. He's, you know, wealthy businessman. You know what I mean? Great guy. And he plays a game with a bunch of wealthy businessmen. You know what I mean? Or, or well, well-off businessmen. Uh, you know, there's, there's like a school teacher in the game. You know, there's, there's some other people. But everyone, you know, is generally, you know, doing pretty well. Yeah. So... I had heard about this game and I thought it was a bunch of crushers. Like I thought these guys were going to eat me alive because these guys, I remember going to the VFW 30 minutes from my house and I would play a $40 tournament there and they'd be playing five ten at one of these circular tables self-dealing and they're all older and like, I just assumed they were really good. They talked a big game right. and, um, 
Yeah, so not 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 everyone, but this the the two the two tables cross paths, you know. No, especially I mean? when you're coming up, you think anybody at five ten, it must be crushing, right? Oh like, my god, I'm you just don't like, even if, realize these people have that much disposable. Yeah, you have no idea, <laughs> literally. Yeah, oh, I just thought if you were in playing two five, you just like you were a professional for sure, right? You had to be. So so I uh, I get he invites me to the game. I decide to play. Uh, I was dating my wife at the time, and we like talked about it. And I talked to my boss, my boss Carol. And she 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 owned the hotel, and she was like, you know, these guys are serious, Mike. You don't want to go in there and lose a bunch of money. So I go in there, I win like a thousand dollars the first night. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, this is a fantastic yeah game. Not only, and I don't want to make it seem like I just went in there and just like, you know, I wasn't going in there just to take their money. Like I literally, it's funny, I like every guy in that game. They were yeah. they were all sick dudes. Like I'm friends with all of them today. But yeah, I mean, I was obviously better than everybody, so I did pretty well in that game, and that's that's really where things started taking off. Then I started going up with my boss. Um, so so one of the guys in the game's name is Jay Tostin. He's like insanely rich, like hundreds of millions of dollars. Um, he needed an executive assistant. He owned restaurants in the area, a bunch of candy stores. He owned a bunch of land, and he needed someone who was an assistant. He basically just paid me money just to help him you know what i mean yeah. we would talk poker we'd go and eat lunch every day i'd help him with all his computer stuff and so he was the one we would drive up to dover downs on the clock together <laughs> like <laughs> i'd be on the clock i'd drive his bends like <laughs> the nicest new bends and i'd drive it i'd drive it up to dover and we'd go and play for like five or six hours and then i'd drive back and then yeah we did a lot of that i so i would go up to myself and i always played cash i mean that's that's how i started was playing cash yeah and yeah, I just grinded Dover for for a while, and then eventually I chopped the Delaware Poker State Championship, and that's when I moved to Vegas. Okay, but yeah. when you moved to Vegas as a live player or an online player, live live cash. Okay, I, in my mind, like I was the most trash. Like I played online a few times. I played on Bet Online. I played on Poker Stars and Full Tilt, obviously. But like you know, just. It's a, such a different game 15 years ago, you know, mm-hmm. 13 years ago, whenever Especially that was. Especially after Black Friday. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. But even you know, like even before Black Friday, like the poker that I was playing, the skill level, right. you know, I mean, it's just, just it's not even the same game. You know okay. what I mean? It's checkers to That's chess. That's interesting. I just kind of assumed you were an online player from the start, but... Uh... No. So, like, when I played uh, early on, like, I played online, but, like, I mean, when I'm talking, I'm playing, like, $5 sit and goes. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, and I'm not profitable like i i've banked a one dollar rush rush was like uh, on full tilt it was like the same thing as zoom you know what i mean so uh i banked a one dollar or maybe it was even 50 cent rush tournament <laughs> i like i got there was like tens of thousands of people in it and rebuys and add-ons wow. and i final tabled i got ninth for like 2600 bucks and it was like I was like, holy shit. I remember I, j- I jammed tens <laughs> under the gun for like, I don't even want to know how many big blinds. I got called by Jax, and then we immediately, I guess there was like a deal button. We like made a deal, and we just chopped like the nine That's of us crazy. or eight of us, whatever it was. Yeah. And that was the first, that was like the only time I'd done well playing online poker before like three years ago. It's it was weird like, what was a hand stick with you, you know, like just for 2600 oh, bucks. Yeah, <laughs> sure, of course. Like, yeah, wild that I still remember that. But I, I think that's like um. I think that's like a thing in my, uh, as far as, uh, let me improvise. (laughs) (laughs) For the listeners at home, I'm pouring green tea on the ground for my dog so that she doesn't bark. I think that's a normal thing that most people do. Please. It's it's working great. Yeah, it's not. How about it's tiled? Yeah. Oh yeah, it's tiled. If it was carpet, carpet, you'd be really, you know. Yeah, that that wouldn't. Committed uh, to the podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, I'm committed, baby, you know. Um, (laughs) So wait, where were we? You moved to Vegas. 
To be a cash grinder. Right. So I moved to Vegas to be a cash grinder, like $50,000. What year was this? Uh, when was, I think it was 17. When okay. was the um, Mandalay Bay shooting? It was two days after that. That sounds about right. If like, you, uh, maybe, yeah. Because that was October, so that might have been... 2016, late October? Probably. Yeah, I think 2016, late October makes sense. But it could have been 2017. I, I don't know why I always forget this. Um, but that's, yeah, that, that's, that's when I moved to Vegas with the idea of playing cash at the win professionally every day, which went terribly. October 2017. 2017. Okay, yeah. so yeah, that's when I moved out here. I, I literally, I got in the car, the, I think the day of the Pulse nightclub shooting, or, or not Pulse, the, uh, the Mandalay Bay, yeah, yeah. or like uh, maybe it was like the day before, and then we got here two days afterwards, and it Brutal. was like, everyone's just like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, you're out of your mind. Yeah. So, yeah, I moved here. I, the plan was to play 2-5, the 1500 cap at the win, um, but that, that's a tough game, and to be honest, I wasn't studying, and it was like right when solvers were becoming a thing, and like... I don't know. I just I, I could make a ton of excuses, but I just didn't do well. Whatever the you know, I like broke even for several months, and you you can't you know. My wife was going to college at the time, so it wasn't like we had two incomes. So yeah, we felt I felt in bad times. Like um, I stopped playing poker. I you know started you know hustling here and there to you know do whatever you can to to make cash. And uh, yeah, man, the I really luck boxed this online thing. Because it was like during COVID, during 2020, I played a tournament, like a big something, and I went on like a run where I won like 50K in a month. Yeah. And that's what, that's what propelled me to where I am today was that I had disposable income again. And then I started playing app games, and I was doing really well in these app games, playing cash actually. But th- these people were right, terrible. The, the COVID app games were crazy. Oh, insane. I mean, we had, it was just like I'm playing with 30 people from California, and they're like, they're all stuck in their house. They're all wealthy. Like, mm-hmm. I, there was one game we had with a bunch of Indian dudes who were all stuck in their houses, too. And, like, mm-hmm. man, they were really good. Made a decent amount of money. And then my buddy Skyler, at the beginning of 2021, um, he, he, he called me up and he was like, dude, the games of WSP are so soft. Like, I just made, you know, 20K or 17K, whatever it was, 25K. I can't remember the number. But he's like, I just made all this money and I'm going on vacation. Like, I bet you can't you know, beat that within a week. And I was like, dog, I'll see you in a week. And it was like three days later, I called him and I was like, you got some catching up to do, bro. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and then I remembered that WSP did a player of the year. Like I, I, I like it just like happened. I'd been playing every day and doing well and I didn't have anything else to do. And it was like, I looked it up and it was like, I was in second by like a few points. I was like, holy shit. Could I win player of the year? Like, Let's see what happens, you know? Mm-hmm. And it just, I just never stopped losing. Yeah, there so. was really no sweat either, right? Like, no, I smashed. Smashed. Yeah. I just got... There was, there was a slight sweat. Like, uh, in the middle, there was a little sweat. I got banned from WSP.com for 10 days. That's over, right. Over some bullshit. They basically <laughs> were like, you won too much money, so we're going to investigate you. Send us your taxes. And then it took them 10 days to look over seven pages of taxes that took me 10 minutes like it was nonsense they banned me during the circuit so it's when you get the most points but then they announced the bracelet events that they were doing all the bracelet events and the bracelet events are worth like i I can't remember how much but at least double as much the circuits are and so i knew that player of the year was going to come down to the bracelet events the, the month and a half of everyday bracelets online and i started that um like, like to give you an idea, like a good gap between first and second. Like I felt comfortable with like a four or five thousand point gap. Like that was a comfortable lead. 
uh, second place would have to win every tournament one day and then every tournament the next day to catch me to give you an idea of how much a cushion 5k is i mean and it would have to be like on a i mean it would be it would, even more yeah. than that realistically I mean, it's like a week's worth of lead yeah maybe more more really yeah because if you think about it like yeah it's like it's almost like man like 5k a month is a good amount of points because it'd be 60k yeah i i can't remember what i ended with I can't remember what I ended with, but I was able after at the end of the um, at the end of the player of the year race at the end at the end of the uh, bracelet events. I had done so well in those that I was twenty thousand points ahead. You finished at eighty four thousand. Eighty four k, yeah. So and that's with me taking a couple months off. So I took two months off for the live series because I was so far ahead. Yeah. So you uh, you finished with eighty four thousand to win player of the year. Krista Gifford, otherwise known as Pollux, finished with sixty nine thousand. Yeah. Yeah. So 15k, and that's with me. No chilling, doubter, <laughs> chilling. Yeah. Like I could have gone 100 easy. So what's maybe the not volume? easy, but what does your day look like when you're doing this? Oh, it's wake, wake up, play poker. Well, it's like literally, it was wake up, walk dog, play poker. Yeah, that's that, that's that was the order. Yeah, it was like literally, I wake up, I look at the time, and then I decipher: Do I have time to go to the gym or not? That's all. That was usually the first question: Do I have time to drink pre-workout? Drive two minutes to the gym, spend an hour there. If I don't, it's playtime. But normally I did. So I would gym, and then I would go there. Then it would just be me getting high all day and eating uh, Uber Eats and playing poker. Yeah. Yeah. How many, ter- how many tables at once? Mm, on average, I'd say like six or seven. Okay. L- less than you'd think. Yeah, well, I mean, like, back in the day, some people were 30-tabling and crazy stuff. People you know? still do that. You can do it with volume on different sites, but just just WSOP.com is difficult. Yeah. Because, like, they'll have... So, for Player of the Year, like, the points, the way it works is, like, a $500 tournament is worth, like, literally, like, 25 times as much. If not... Yeah, it's, like, 25 times as much as a $100 tournament. Wow. Yeah, so... The, the, and it's even... It's, like, a 500 is worth, like, 15 times as much as a 250 like the way that they work, the way that it works is it's anything four ninety nine plus. I think I can't remember the exact. But you get like a twenty five x multiplier, and then two fifty. It's like anything between two forty nine and and four ninety nine. You get like a five x. It's like so. It's crazy. It's like a humongous difference. So you could do really well in the hundreds and stuff, but you but you have to hit some five hundreds every. Yeah. Day. So oh, my point of that was that the reason I'm six and seven tabling is just because I didn't need to play the small stuff. Yeah, like they yeah. just they mean nothing. Like. Like unless unless it's close, like I could play, I could, I could win the five dollar tournament nightly every day for the entire year, and it might not equal two thousand points. You know what I mean? So yeah. yeah. It's but that being said, I did see you slumming it sometimes down. Oh, I, I down with me in the lower game, lower tournaments. Now is that the thirty dollar rebuy and add on? Maybe that's not a slum. The thirty rebuy <laughs> and add on is a fire tournament. Yeah, the tournament's so good. It's really good, it's fantastic. <laughs> the the turbo the turbo deep stack one, right? The mm-hmm. now something don't get it twisted. I, I play the fifty dollar daily freeze out too. But here's the thing, is that my ROI in that tournament is so bad. I use it. I like to have a tournament. That, Your it, spew tournament? Yeah, I got a spew tournament. <laughs> I got a spew tournament. I have a like there's there. I got a bad urge, man. I yeah. I just want to you know. I just want to do it. Yeah, you do know? it in that one over there. I just want to put the chips in. You put it in the back in the right corner. You're like yeah, the, exactly. Bottom right corner, top yeah. right corner. One of the two. I'm spewing, baby. You know what I mean? Yeah, hundred. That's a thing. Like yeah, yeah. it's legit. That works. <laughs> yeah, then you can play. You know, discipline on the other tables and. Uh, yeah, I mean it worked for me. I don't know if I'd recommend it for anybody else, but yeah. Yeah, that was my strategy for a little bit there was 
Yeah, I did terrible in the 50, but I played it all the time. Every every day I play the 50, I'm always like, what am I doing? Like, I'm just going <laughs> to lose all my money in this. So, so let's talk about playing style. Uh, are, you, are you Mr. Robot Solvers guy? I, I also heard an interview, you said you play very exploitatively. Yeah, yeah, I like, I mean, okay, so I, I think this is the, the, the thing that I think the vast majority of professional poker players get wrong is when they say, Oh, I mean, in 99.9%. Like, when you talk about GTO and poker, what everyone means is GTO versus GTO, meaning they want to play a non-exploitable style, right? Playing actual GTO is just playing the way to get the most money. So, like, let's... I'll give you an example. You and I play rock, paper, scissors. A robot against a robot will always play 33.333333 repeating Rock, paper, and scissors, right? 33%. Right. We play in equal it's thirds. the most balanced you could be. Right. But if you're playing against me and I'm playing 100% rock and you played that strategy, it would be moronic. Yeah. You, you, the GTO strategy to playing against 100% rock would be to play 100% paper. But that might not actually be the GTO strategy. The GTO strategy might actually be to play 75% paper and 25% scissors to lose on purpose. To keep him to keep rock. him playing his strategy. Right. So, just just an example. Like I try to play the strategy that gets me the most money. So, whenever I think of a decision, I think to myself, okay, what does solver like to do in this spot? Okay, and a lot of times when people say, what does a solver like to do? They mean, what does a solver like to do against uh, same thing against a solver's range? But right. there's a thing in with 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 solvers called node locking where you can Take a person's range and you can lock it to what you think it is. So what I'm doing when I'm playing live or whatever, obviously you don't have access to these unless you're cheating. Yeah. What, what, I, what I do is I try to think to myself, what I try to node lock that person and figure out what that output would be. And then I try to exploit that as much as I can. So I'm, I'm, I'm basically trying to figure out what... What does the solver like to do? And then I'm trying to think, how is this person, how is this person deviating from that, and how can I exploit yeah. that? And you believe in live reads? Oh yeah. I've talked to some players of the German variety yeah. who strictly go by the numbers. Whatever the numbers say, they do them, and they yeah. refuse to even consider live reads because they believe humans are imperfect and can't interpret that data well enough to adjust. Do, well, you, do you agree? Um. To an extent, yes, and to an extent, no. So I'm assuming said Germans are playing 10Ks plus. Mm -hmm. So in a 10K plus, what you'll find is that, yeah, most people are not going to have tells. Like most people in a 10K plus, they're not on their phone. They're not, you know, they know the bet sizings. Now, there will be some fish in these events, and they they will have some tells. But the tells are less 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 of the, you know... Oh, he twisted an Oreo, and more <laughs> of a oh, he bet twenty one k instead of twenty k. You know what I mean? He added an extra one for some reason, yeah. or the speed of the bet. You know what I mean? Like th th that's more of the things that I look for in the terms. I mean, I'm playing a lot of like eleven hundreds live, sixteen hundreds, eight hundreds. Even I'll play a six hundred or four hundred if that's all that's available in town. So, and when you play those. You can just look at people and just sometimes it's like you don't even need any training. You just can look and just be like, okay, if I showed you a video right now of a person when they have a hand and when they don't, it's, you know, like even someone who doesn't play poker 
figure out more than a 50% clip. That, right. You know what I mean? Like it's, people do crazy things. I mean, like some people, like, like uh, you'll be playing, sometimes you'll just hear someone breathing and you'll look over and they're just like, <sighs> <laughs> and it's just like, oh, I wonder if you flopped the set. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. So no, I, I fully believe in live reads a hundred percent. I think they're definitely a thing. I noticed, I, uh, I saw you a couple of weeks ago, you were at our card player poker tour event at the Venetian where you final tabled and mm-hmm. graduates on that Thank one. You. Um, Thank you. but I noticed that you are a table talker. You are not afraid oh, yeah. to Oh yeah. to mix it up there. Oh yeah. Get some some verbal jabs in as well and have a lot of fun at the table. I'm wondering is that just cuz of is it a, a release because you don't get to do that online? Um well, I'm like uh, WSOP notoriously blocked their chat, so yeah. you can't even chat in the online. I, I don't want to say it's a release from not being able to do it online, I, but yeah, I, I like to talk like normally mm-hmm. uh, outside of poker and at poker. But I'll say at poker, I think one thing, and it's not even like it's not like I'm consciously saying to myself like, "Oh, I'm going to lower these people's guards around me," but I do feel like. There's uh, an edge to being a friendly, personal guy at the table because it makes people less likely to want to call your shoves to bust you sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like when you develop friendship equity with the people next to you, like that's uh, what I like to call it when you're, you know, you're friendly and it's like, you, you, and that can go both ways. Now, I, if you're friends with me, I might three-bet you a little more because, yeah. you know, thinking you might think that, I, that I'm thinking that you might think, you know It's a leveling I mean? war, yeah. Yeah, so it's a whole thing, but... Um, but yeah, if you're in a 50, 50 spot, if someone's calling or folding, maybe you want them to like you. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Uh, and I, I'll try to maneuver that, but it, it's hard against good players, but against like recreational players, it's a lot easier to talk them into a decision one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, but one, yeah, I don't want to give too many of my secrets away, but there's the one thing I do like to do is, and I do this completely subconsciously is as the flop is being dealt, I like to say something to elicit a, a humorous response if they smile, I don't know what it is, but people will smile. And then whatever they do after that, when they look at the flop, it's like more extreme than their normal. Because like, if they're normally, they're just standing there staring, right? There's no way to know one way or the other, like if they're really concentrating, but they're laughing at something. Then they have to think to themselves, okay, how do I go back to normal? And it's like, you can, you no, know what I mean? Overcorrect. It's, it's an overcorrection. Wow. Yeah. So it's like a thing for sure. Using yeah. comedy to, to. Yeah, a little accidental comedy. But it's yeah. not, I'm not like. Pers- Is that what Scott Seaver's been doing all this time? Yeah, I think. Oh, I, <laughs> hey, I, it definitely works for sure. Like, I can, I've, I mean, but it, it works both ways, right? I've seen it back, it's backfired on me where. I'm I'm the one telling the funny story as the flock comes out and it's on me and I'm like okay I, and you're like oh yeah yeah oh yeah it's it's a hard balance mm-hmm. but overall definitely a net positive for me to be a, a table talker plus it's fun you know it's it's nice everybody has fun at my tables like you can ask anybody that's at my tables for the most part you know yeah, there's gonna be some outliers but I I think like man uh, it's got to be thirty percent of tables I'm at somebody says man this is the most fun table I've ever been at you know I'm like. Yeah, that's I'm, good. I'm patting myself on the back here a bit, but I really do believe, like, when I come to the table, we have a party. You know what I mean? Like, I show up, it's a blast. Well, you're a tournament player now, so you don't have this problem, but for cash game players, there is the issue of private games or even just getting invited to games. Cash games are just a mess, dude. Yeah, so that's the whole thing is, like, I when I started playing tournaments, like, I wasn't going to be a tournament player. I don't even know how this happened. Like, I just watched a bunch of, be- like, a, a bunch of... Really high level uh, face up poker replays on YouTube 
of yeah. tournaments yeah. and I just like figured out what all the best people were doing and then I like started studying that just like out of boredom you know what I mean and then I started playing the tournaments and I was like oh I like these tournaments right. like and now I only play tournaments it's like crazy like I, I don't play any cash but it used to be like part of the skill level of cash games was getting invites oh yeah and keeping the fish happy when well, you were so, is, so dominant and now, nowadays it seems like that's coming back more yeah because of all the private games and stuff and like a lot of poker players are unhappy because they just want it to be about anybody could sit down and play but no, there's a networking thing to it. You have to be a good hang at the table. You have to be able to... Which is nice. You know, yeah. I mean, I, I hate... Like, if I was to play cash right now and I went over and it's like four euros with hoodies, like, not saying anything. Like, I don't want to play that game. Yeah. Like, that sounds terrible. That's the whole problem with cash right now is it's, it's super... Like, at the 100 big line level too, it's really formulaic. Like, it's, you know, the ranges are they're out there everyone knows the correct ranges it's not you know you just study those ranges you figure out pre-flop obviously the post-flop stuff is where most of the edge comes in but man it's like to be a winning cash player it's a very boring strategy for the most part you yeah. know what i mean unless you're playing like eight hundred thousand big lines deep then there's creativity it's wild you know even 300 200 big lines deep but yeah. the standard 100 big line cash games they're very formulaic the style to win is just a very boring style, which, which, yeah, those players tend to be boring people too. So it's just, yeah, it's not fun. So you win online circuit ring, you mm -hmm. win player of the year. Yep. Uh, there was a couple close calls for some bracelets in there. I think a second and a third. Yep. 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 How did those, did those hurt? So much pain. Well, to be honest, I no. mean, what what did you think about the bracelet at all? Were <laughs> you did you come up going, I need a bracelet, or was it? Just yeah. Oh, I grew up wanting a bracelet. You know what I mean? Like, I watched poker on TV growing up. Um, man, I yeah, I idolized Helmuth, Negrano. Actually, you know, it's, that's not true. I didn't like Negrano growing up. I like Negrano now, which is so weird. I can't stand Helmuth. But, <laughs> yeah, he's the worst, dude. I had a terrible meeting with him in person. Really? He, oh, he one of the rudest things I've ever encountered in my life. Okay. We played a, a tournament. It was like a 3K or something like that. He came to the table. Everyone's looking because it's, you know, tell me. It's like, this is crazy. He sits down and I'm, I'm like, like the whole table's talking. Like I'm generally the table captain. Obviously, Helmy's here. So like I relinquish the role. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Helmy can be the captain. Yeah. But he comes to the table and he just like, I was... I, I tried to give him his flowers, you know what I mean? I tried to be like, look, man, like, I've been watching you since I was, you know, 12 years old. Like, I've been playing poker for 18. I'm like, give him this speech. And I'm like, I'm like, it's like really an honor to play. And as I'm saying this, he just starts talking to somebody else. He just turns to somebody else. And I like look around the table and I'm like, and I look at the guy and the guy's looking at me. And he's like, like, you know what I mean? I, I was just like, oh, okay. And then I thought, okay, like. There's like, and there's no cameras or anything. Like this mm -hmm. is just him, and then he ends. That's up, the thing. There, he is like this yep. when there are no cameras. And I've heard that, and, and people have told me before that he's not like this. That he's that he's a nice guy whenever cameras are around. I I haven't experienced that because that meeting. And then there was another time I was talking to my friend Ryan DePaulo, and he came up and butted into our conversation, and then just like literally just ignored me completely. Like didn't <laughs> didn't acknowledge anything I said. Like just talked to Ryan. Like, oh man, it was really awkward. How many big time you twice? He big he literally did big time me twice. <laughs> and like yeah, it is what it is. But like man, I, it rubbed me the wrong way because like I yeah. I would never big time anyone. Like yeah, if you if you see me out, feel free to approach me. You know the way I've, the way I've always thought about Phil is he's always in his own world. And often that is at the expense of others. <laughs> yeah, wow, that's really well said. But sometimes he's often, you know, very kind if he's thinking about that, and, and that's that's what you hear from others and stuff. So yeah, no, you're not wrong. But at the same time, you know, 
that's who he is. He's, My read was It's like, the Phil Hellmuth. It's the Truman Show in his own head well, all yeah. the time. No, you're right. That is exactly what it is. That's yeah. 100% what it is. You're right. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's the Hellmuth show, show for sure. And you're right. With Daniel, like, he never says no to an autograph request or a photo on the rail. And he's, Yeah, nice guy. He's always on. He's always, you know, yeah. aware of his <laughs> public relations. Sure. I mean, he's just so much better for the game than Helmuth. Helmuth's just so bad for the game now. It's crazy. I don't know what happened. I mean, but do you it's think, just... well, villains can be good for the game, right? People to root against? Villains absolutely can be good for the game, but I'll give you an example. People would watch, and I like I haven't really been watching too much of the Hustler stuff, but people would watch, uh, what's the guy's name, DJ Batman and mm-hmm. uh, Eric Pearson. Mm-hmm. They are willing to watch that and put eyes on it, but you notice Helmuth went on the other show. What did he go on? He went on Live with the Bike or whatever. I don't know if you saw the ratings for that, but they were, like, horrible. Yeah, and they were trashing him for buying in for so little. And... Yeah, it's like, what, what's happening here? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's just not, it's not, I mean, he's not entertaining TV at that level. You need to get him against a bunch of other old guys. You know what I mean? You can't yeah. you can't put him in with a bunch of young people and have him angle them and, like, <laughs> buy him for the minimum and do a bunch of crazy shit. And we're just like, God, this guy's where he's like, he Right, he did that game with all the the social media influencers. And that everyone, was the worst. Everyone was just like, how out of touch is he? But, but then here's, you know, there's a turning point happening in poker now where we need to find a way to attract 20-year-olds, right, who are just about to yeah. be, you know, 20 to 25-year-olds. How do you do that? You know, the vloggers are doing a pretty good job. Crushing it. They're they're the best. Exactly. But yeah. then, you know, does a Phil Helmuth appeal to anybody in their 20s? I couldn't imagine any way that a 25-year-old would be, <laughs> would be a, yeah, no, I don't think so. I Brian Ballsba's listening to this crying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, man, I can't imagine Helmuth being, uh, yeah, I mean, he's just. Well, I think he moves the needle and for, for a big chunk of the population, but, it, you know. We need to find other ways to target other new people. Well, I think he needs to correct his behavior. I, you know what's funny is Phil Helmuth could come out, and I, I think it's hilarious. He literally could come out and be the savior of the poker community. And what I mean by that is that Helmuth could do if, – if you let me coach Helmuth on what to say to the public, mm-hmm. in a week Helmuth's beloved. Everyone's <laughs> like, I don't know what happened to Phil, but he is he's made a turn. Like you just apologize for your ridiculous behavior. Yeah. You become an amb- ambassador of the game. Act like you know how Garrett Adelstein acts. I mean, I know that Garrett's obviously embroiled in controversy. Yeah, this, it's like, not a good time for Garrett, but yeah. But you know what I'm Before. saying? Like, there's <laughs> yeah. the way that Garrett t- tweets and everything. Everyone was mm-hmm. just like, just oh, you know, like oh, we love you, Garrett. <laughs> like, it's amazing, you know. <laughs> like everything you say is so great, and it's because he he is he does he picks the right things to say, mm-hmm. and it's just I mean it's not hard, but I mean Homie just he just can't help himself. He just he literally can't help himself. It's yeah, just, it's very been it's it's interesting to me as a poker media member. Because baseball doesn't have this problem. Basketball basketball does have this problem. But like a lot of sports, you know, a lot of the players, they just say the scripted one-liners. You know, you don't get to have podcasts like this with deep conversations. You sure, know. yeah, yeah, of course. But poker players, don't, they don't have filters, you know. Yeah, we have none, yeah. no, I have Very this. few have PR teams telling them what yeah. not to say. You know? No, that's fair. I mean, if anybody deserves one, though, or needs a PR team, tell me. <laughs> out of everyone, I mean. He's got, a, he's got a personal psychologist living in the room with him. His wife. <laughs> is that, she's a psychologist? Yeah, she's a psychologist. Holy shit, no wonder he's crazy. <laughs> yeah. she, it's probably, this is her fault for sure. Well, maybe we're, she just saw it as the ultimate challenge. Yeah, either way, I mean, my God, Godspeed to both of them. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. The 16-time bracelet winner, head of the WSOP. I'm pretty jealous of the 16 bracelets, man. Yeah, I'm what do you think you end up with? <laughs> 
what do I think I end up with? God. Especially now there's so many online events. 17, obviously. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Fuck. How many do I actually end up with? I don't know. I'd say average probably like eight or something like that okay. before I die. I hope more, but like eight. I think eight's reasonable. You know, I'm 32. Let's say I have an average of 35 good poker years left. Let's just say an average. <laughs> yeah. 30. And when we say good, I mean. You think you'll be performing well at 67? <laughs> Um, no. How old is Seidel? <laughs> he's still depression. I don't know. Don't offend Seidel, though. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's, he's the GOAT. He's... Seidel is 31 years old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know. 54, I'm going to guess. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he's still at the top level. He's an know? animal, dude. I, yeah. No, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But most people fall. Dora obviously can still hang, and he's, sure. you know. Yeah, no, I think, no, my brain will be rotted by then. <laughs> 67, my brain will be mad rotted. Yeah. <laughs> Too much, yeah. No, too much plaque and fucking drugs. Yeah, there's no way. <laughs> no, yeah. But eight bracelets, that's a great career, you know? It was a good career, you know? I yeah. did great. Yeah. Good that's, a, me, that's a Hall of know? Fame career, eight bracelets? Eight, eight bracelets is a Hall of Fame career, yes. Yeah. It 100% is. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, um, we end the podcast with some uh, rapid-fire questions. Okay. If you're ready to go. Sorry, sure. I know I've taken up a lot of your time already. But no, it's fine. What was the best shot you ever took? The best shot? Yeah. Man. Uh, two minutes left, down by three. No, uh, <laughs> the best shot I ever took. Hmm. This th- I don't know if I've ever taken a shot that went well. <laughs> really? Yeah. Every time you put too much for the bankroll and it went badly. I feel like it always has gone bad. I, let me think about this. Well, there's a good lesson for l- the listeners out there. No, 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 no. I don't want. <laughs> listen, you should take shots at whatever. If, if you see me take a shot, yeah, yeah, come, yeah. come play. <laughs> um, no. Oh God, what have I done? Yeah, shot taking. I mean, I guess. I mean, yeah, I guess shot take the best shot taking ever taken has me something on WSP.com. Like yeah. somehow I went from playing five dollar tournaments to five hundreds. I don't know what point in there I decided <laughs> that it's time to play them, but whenever I decided to do that, that's yeah. that's that's when the shot taking went well. Are you disciplined now? Are you like very strict with your bankroll now? No, no. Now it's yeah. Now we're just now yeah. Before we were fairly strict. Okay. Now, now we just do whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm not out there playing too many 10ks or 25ks. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I say that I, I I'm I am pretty like I still sell a decent amount of action. Like if I play like a two thousand dollar tournament, I sell thirty percent of it. Um, I'm pretty conservative with that. You know, I sell it a markup, obviously. But yeah, no, no, no. I, yeah, I don't really like. It's not. Yeah. It's not a thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't know how to say it without sounding like a dick, you know? Like, What's your most prized possession? You do have the bracelet and your rings over there. <laughs> um, okay. Well, the dogs aren't my possessions. I don't own them. That's true. You know? But Where they, else? They are in your care and they are, yeah. they are prized. My most prized possession? I, I guess it's my bracelet, but it might be my player of the year ring. Okay. Yeah, because there's so many bracelets. Yeah, like if I had to save one thing in this house, I think it would have to be... That Roomba? Yeah, that Roomba's hella expensive, dog. It's like a five hundred fifty dollar Roomba. Um, yeah, no, I think my player of the year ring. Yeah. yeah. Wow, is that really my most? Would that even position? burn in a fire? I think you could leave it and just pick it up later. Well said. It might be a little tart, like well full of said. ash. I'm sure the gold will be melted, right? <laughs> I don't have no idea. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna grab it on the way out. <laughs> uh, if you could download one skill instantly, like in the Matrix, what would you choose? Download any skill instantly in the Matrix. 
Now, does like telepathy count as a skill? You know, every time I ask this question, some people take it as superpowers, and I just let them do it. <laughs> I'm gonna go no superpowers and just like actual skills. Something that a human has done before. Oh, you okay. get it instantly. Like top notch. Yeah. Oh man, probably, probably. Uh, oh wow. Organization or cleanliness? One of the two. <laughs> I don't know which one. Like whatever makes me able to do the chores my wife wants me to do uh, easily. Okay. You see more organization skills. You could uh, Marie Kondo, right? Isn't she the one who does all the the Netflix show with the organization and uh... the name rings a bell? But I'm not. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What if? That... No, no, what I need what is... What if that lady like, that I just said was like, he's like a criminal or something, and I just... <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking, too, was that name doesn't... I think Griselda Blanco, is that what you said? Uh, <laughs> oh, man. No, I, yeah, hmm. Either that or, like, maybe, I don't know if there's a way, like, I, hypnosis is, like, technically a skill, right? Yeah. Could I hypnotize someone to clean my house for me? You right. know what I mean? Like, right. the end goal is a clean home. You know what I mean? Just having the power of suggestion would be very powerful for poker as well. Oh, wow. Yeah, and again, I... Yeah, now the power of suggestion would be so powerful. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I guess... Okay, okay Jedi mind trick into folding people? Yeah. Humorous answer is something to do with appeasing my wife for cleaning. Actual answer would probably be some sort of, like, yeah... Um, some sort of like, you know, like how the FBI guys are like, I can read your body and everything. Yeah, and yeah. I can look at your, you know, like, oh, Joe Navarro. That's yeah, the like some guy, Joe yeah. Navarro type stuff maybe. I don't know. I'd have to think about that one. Uh, any nicknames growing up or now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah? Yeah, Brock Lesnar. <laughs> well, Brock Lesnar is your <laughs> online name. I know. Uh, let's <laughs> see. Yeah, so it's actually funny. I, I went to a preparatory school for college, uh, but it was like it was high school, obviously. But it was like a Worcester Preparatory School. And I went in on the first day. I was like 14. And I walked in. And I like, you had to go to like, it was like a, a, a orientation. So it was like an assembly room. Mm-hmm. And everyone had assigned seats. And I, they, like I go to my, my class leader. It's my first day in this new school. And I walk up and everyone's looking at me as I, I'm like, I don't know if I'm late or what's going on. But like, I'm walking in. There's like 100 students, 150 students, whatever. And I'm walking in. And they, everyone's just staring at me and like people are talking. I'm like, what is going on? Like I, it was like noticeably odd. And like the woman on stage is looking at me and everything. <laughs> and I sit down next to the person. I sit down and I look at the guy next to me and he looks like my twin. Like we're sitting next to each other. His name was Will. <laughs> so for the first two years of that school, everyone called me Bill. <laughs> and I hated it. I was too, I was too, it might sound crazy, but I was super shy and yeah. afraid to speak up when I was younger. So I like didn't say anything or anything. And everyone called me Bill for like two years. Like, yeah, I guess I'm Bill now. Yeah. And then um, at Dover Downs, they called me Ice Baby. Ice Baby? Yeah, because I was cold as ice, but I was smooth like a baby's skin. There you go. Ice Baby. Did you give yourself that one? Uh, yeah, I did. It was that, that exact thing I just said. I said that once at the table. And then, you know, uh, on the Bravo, you can change your name. So one of the dealers changed my name to Ice Baby. So, there like, I'd go. literally go and get a card, and it would just say Ice Baby on it. It was ridiculous, yeah. And Brock Lesnar was just because... Uh... Brock Lesnar, I was high, and I, I, I wanted a funny name, and I was playing $5 tournaments. So I was like, wouldn't it be funny if I pretended to be Brock Lesnar in $5 tournaments when you could still type? Yeah. And then, and then yeah, and then you can't, you, you can't change your name. So, <laughs> so I'm Brock Lesnar. He's now. not even fighting anymore. And yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's crazy. It's people who are like, who's Brock Lesnar? There's going to be kids now. He's like, who's Brock Lesnar? And you have to explain it. Like, he's a fighter. And you'd be like, oh, do you like fighting? And you'd be like, no. Yeah, no, I've done this many times. <laughs> I've done it. Wow, wait a second. 
Wow, that's crazy. So I am an MMA fan. I love UFC, but I'm not a wrestling fan. So it's like a thing. Right, he started at the... Yeah, I was a wrestling fan originally, but like not when Lesnar wasn't around. When, when I, was, I was a kid, I was a huge wrestling fan. But this yeah. was like the Tito Santana days, you know, like... How old are you? Brutus the Barber Beefcake. I'm 38. Oh, wow. So you were watching like ECW and stuff. No, but this was before ECW. I didn't even know what ECW was. I was already out by then. Oh, wow. This was before that, like... Oh, Jake wow. the Snake Roberts. I, I met Jake the Snake. You met Jake the Snake yeah, Roberts? Yeah, I met Jake the Snake Roberts. Was, yeah. it, was it like a sad situation? Like I don't remember. Apparently these wrestlers, they don't have great end games. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it was a sad thing. It was in like a... Yeah, yeah it was sad. <laughs> it was in like a convention center <laughs> thing. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm saying that now. I'm starting to think it might have been. It might not. It might have been Superfly Snooka that Jimmy, I met. Jimmy. Su- I can't remember. Superfly. I can't remember which one it is. But the, I got them. Then one of them, somebody signed something. I, I got a signed mask, and I'll never forget it. They wore this mask in the ring, and then they took it off and they signed it for me and gave it to me. It was yeah. like some luchador mask, and my mom put it on like 15 years later and vomited immediately. <laughs> like she was like, "Oh, why is it? What is that smell?" <laughs> 15 years. Uh, yeah, I said 15 years. It might have been 20. It was a lot. Oh, my yeah. God. I mean, the smell sticks with it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's not great. Love what was you, your, Mom. <laughs> uh, what was your largest non-poker wager? Largest non-poker wager? Any prop bets? Any um, big sports bets? I'm trying to... Yeah, like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've wagered some money on sports. I got... I, I got... <laughs> Yeah, I've wagered some money on sports. <laughs> like Rick James when he's like, yeah, I'll put my feet on <laughs> Charlie Murphy's couch. <laughs> um, yeah, no, probably like $5,000 on sports, something yeah. like that. Yeah. So you don't go, you don't go too hard in the pits? <laughs> no, never. No pits for me. No, no, no. Only yeah. plus EV sports bets. Don't ask how I know they're plus EV. Just know they are. <laughs> um, a best swap or piece you've ever had of anybody? I swapped with John Dokler, Art Vandalay mm-hmm. online. We swapped <laughs> in a $1,050 tournament on uh, ACR. We swapped 33% each other. Wow, that's a, a girthy swap. Yeah. Or it might have been 40. It was something obscene. And then um, I can't remember exactly what happened, but he had two tickets. And we emailed ACR to give me one of the tickets, but ACR didn't respond. So he had to play both bullets, and he had to sell me. I ended up – I think I played – I think I might not have even played. I can't remember exactly what happened, but I, I ended up just buying it at face, and he won the tournament for 210. Wow. <laughs> He had to give me like sixty some. Yeah, That's it was maybe it was like one ninety. Was yeah, it was a it was tremendous. That's a great timing trade. It's my that? lifetime high score. <laughs> it's my swap of Vandalay. Yeah, That's hilarious. yeah, it's pretty sick. That's great. Okay, um, okay. The weirdest place you've ever played poker for money? Weirdest place I've ever played poker for money? Hmm. Ooh, that's a good one. Probably Brad's house. Ah, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, fuck. Let me think about this. Um, whew. oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, Brad's other house probably. <laughs> both of them, the two places I'm thinking are both uh, owned by the same person. Weirdest place. There's got to be some. There's got to be a crazier thing. I played poker somewhere else for sure, right? But this was a a scene. This home game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is not. Yeah, some non podcast material happened <laughs> at that home. During the time, yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. Probably one of those. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. There's, I mean, I played online in like some ridiculous places. Like, I don't know. You ever have like an emergency, an online emergency where you have to drive somewhere real fast? Or oh yeah, but maybe not like an emergency, but like 
Um, I've definitely, I've definitely had to get in the car with my laptop and like have someone drive me somewhere yeah. because I've like forgot something, you know, or done. I can't, I can't remember any situations specifically, but I know more. Oh, the bracelet I won my bracelet. I was over at my buddy Jeff's house and, uh, Jeff Madsen mm-hmm. and Jeff Madsen was playing EDM music. And, but it was like, <laughs> it was like, um, it was not my vibe on this day. I, I was bluffing off all my fucking chips and it was just, <laughs> the music's like, where, where? And I'm just like, yeah, we done bluff. You know what I mean? Like it was like, you know, I'm playing too fast. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm like, Jeff, we gotta turn it on some different. He's like, I got you. He turned on like heavy metal, and it was like, it was like break, and I just got in my car. I was like, I'm out of here. I left and I came here. There's like 60 people left, and then I had two tournaments left. One I was really deep, and then the bracelet I was like short stacked in, and then the one I was really deep I lost. Like as soon as I got here, I was so pissed. I'm like, God damn it! I left Jeffs for a reason, yeah. and then I stayed here and won the bracelet. There so you I go. was like, Oh, thank God I got out of there. <laughs> you know, <laughs> would have been a crazy environment with him over your shoulder, freaking out. I, here in the oh yeah, no. So the last time I, well, when I got second in that PLO event, I was at his house too. When we get down to like, we got down to like seven people. He just li- like literally was me in his living room by myself. Every <laughs> other person in the house went to their respective rooms and watched it on stream. Yeah, leave him alone. He's in the Yeah, like, it's not, yeah, I, I, I'm, I don't know if it's the vibe I'm giving off, like, get away from me, or, I don't know, but, yeah. Uh, headphones out of the table, yes or no? No, never. Never. Never, yeah. Um, who was your celebrity crush growing up? Celebrity crush growing up? Uh, the Pink Power Ranger uh, when I was really young. Amy Joe Johnson. That's the one. I remember I was, like, four or five years old, and I remember I had, uh, Boy, I gotta say, my memory at this age is—I can remember everything. Yeah. Apparently, I can't remember anything from yesterday. But <laughs> I remember being in my uncle's pool, and my mom gave me uh, a fake tattoo. You know, like the 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 te- the, the temp tattoos. Your, your mom sounds so good in this podcast. Uh, Coolest she, mom. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, she's the she's the best. She's the tits, and she she got me a, a pink Power Ranger. Um, uh, like it was like a, a Power Ranger temporary tattoo thing, but I yeah. took the pink one and I put it on my hand. I remember sitting in the pool, kissing my hand until I fell asleep. Mm. So you fell she, asleep in the pool, That's uh, like on a, I was like laying oh, on okay. the thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, after that, I don't know. Kate Beckinsale on Underworld, probably. She's Kate Beckinsale on she, Click. Kate Beckinsale on anything. Yeah, 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 yeah. Underworld though, I think it's. I think that's. Uh, yeah, a lot of my. Yeah. Oh, Belle from Beauty and the Beast was apparently my the first. animated version. Yeah, when I was like three years old, two years old, my mom, I used, my mom said I used to carry around Belle as a thing, and I had a crush on her. So I think I have a, I think, <clears throat> I think I have a type, like the like pale brown hair, blue eyes, and animated. Yeah, and animated apparently. Yeah. Hent, hentai is life, bro. <laughs> if you could pick the entertainment for the Super Bowl halftime show, what would you choose? Something super trolly. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's what and, I always ask people. Like they always think, like, who would, what would the fans like? No, no, definitely not. What would not. make the craziest show? Yeah, like 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 a burlesque show or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like drag queens. Just have or, someone come out and, like do spoken word poetry. Just yeah, piss everyone off. Oh, exactly. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Or like just yeah. Oh man. Yeah, I got just something to piss people off. <laughs> not not like a full blown pissing off, but like just something where everyone's just like, "What just happened?" <laughs> oh, you know what actually would be sick is it like Tenacious D came out. Tenacious that D would, would be, be a, a pretty show. sick. That'd be a pretty sick halftime show. Like actually, show. yeah. 
I think they would do a good job, and they would know enough people for cameos and stuff. They would. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, Tenacious D would be a sick halftime show. I don't know where I thought that one up from. I just like can imagine Jack Black popping out and just being like, "We're ready to rock," you know? <laughs> okay, you're gonna see a next Super Bowl, and then yeah, I'm like, not gonna give you any credit. You're welcome. No big <laughs> deal. Um, are you superstitious at all? No. Okay. Like I might pretend to be occasionally. I did notice in that documentary you watched where you were calling for cards when you were online. Yeah. Like, no diamond or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Do you do that often? All, every time that I watch an all-in I that I'm involved in, I, in my head, just say the cards that they win with 100% of the time. Just so, like, the second yeah. it comes, I'm not like, is that it? Like, I literally just, like, diamond, do six. Diamond, do six. And then it's, like, a nine. And I'm like, that's going to be a win for me for yeah. sure, you know? So, I, yeah, I always... I, if I call for cards, when was I calling for cards? I was saying it out loud. Was it in a big spot? It, it, you were just on camera, and there was a, you were all in on the turn, I think, and you were saying, like, no diamond or something like that. And oh, I like, yeah. I wonder if you did that often. No, I think that was, like, heads up to win a tournament, yeah. right? Yeah, I think I was just, like, so I think Mike asked me, uh, Mike Bailey, he's the one that did the documentary poker films. Check it out on YouTube. Yeah, go check that out, guys. There's yeah. two of them I saw, at least. Maybe there's more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, if with me, it's two. There's Player of the Year, and then he did Bracelet Hunt. Which is like um, he followed a bunch of people who went to try to win bracelets live. He followed their final table. It's like me, Kyle Mahalik, Jeff Matson, Jamie Kerstetter, uh, Asher Conniff. Asher's and Jamie's are the ones being done now, but the other three are done. Uh, and it followed me. I, I final tabled a live event um, and then didn't get the bracelet. I got eighth, but. Um, Spoilers. Yeah, whatever. I mean, you can Google it, whatever, you know. <laughs> when it's, uh, when you when you watch the podcast and it says one-time bracelet, yeah, yeah, you know, you know it wasn't I want an online one, you know, yeah. So, but that is at the, at the end of the, you know, at the end of the bracelet hunt one, it's like an addendum. It's like, it's like, you can't win a bracelet any day, yeah. but some days you can. Exactly. <laughs> it's just like me winning a bracelet online, yeah. I'm, uh, so, any, I'm so cool, man. <laughs> <laughs> any phobias? Phobias, yeah. Spiders. <laughs> okay. I mean, like, small spiders, bees. I just don't like basically anything that my mom's afraid of she's bestowed upon she's me. passed it on. Yeah, this is her fault, for sure. She hates bees, hates spiders, wasps, anything like that. So, like, as a child, like, if any of them came near her, she would scream and run. So, we would scream and run. You know what I mean? You know, so my mom was scared of frogs. And I'm scared of frogs. Although, when I see a frog, I don't let it let on. I don't like yeah. to let people know because it's such a ridiculous thing to jump on a table. The fact you're saying out loud right now is brave. <laughs> but but like I will act really brave, but inside I'm like staring it down, going. What if do that you think? Even flinches. I'm running. Yeah, it just looks weird to you, right? It's just the, the texture, the fact that they jump faster than you think. That's exactly the reason why I don't like spiders. They could be on you so fast. Oh, I'm familiar. Like, you know, Me and frogs. We, we've, we've been around the block before. You've had a history of frogs. I used to, there used to be this place, I was like, I don't know, seven or eight, we used to go to called Emily's Creek. It was just a creek outside someone's house. Yeah. And we'd go in there and there'd be toads and frogs everywhere. I'm familiar yeah. with their speed. See, their I'm speed. from Miami where we didn't have, you know, swamp things. Yeah. <laughs> we no. just went in the ocean and had to deal with jellyfish and. Yeah, man awards and stuff. Yeah, that sucks, but. No, like frogs, yeah. I could see that because the whole thing with spiders for me is a tarantula doesn't bother me because it's big. I can see where it's moving. I'm familiar. It's the small fuckers that like a guy gets in my shirt. That's the thing that's happened to me a couple times is I've gotten a spider in my shirt and that's just like. The ones you swallow in your sleep? Not actually a true thing. Complete myth. We really? Don't, yeah. I, I Googled it like two days ago <laughs> to prove this to somebody. But yeah, it's a myth. We don't actually swallow them in our sleep. Thank God. Yeah. That, I mean, well, at least it's in your sleeping. 
Yeah, exactly. Do you yeah. collect anything? Do I collect anything? Fucking rings and bracelets, my boy. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, no, just trophies for poker. That's it. Uh, do I collect anything? Um, no, not right now. Not really. Not that I can think of, at least. Maybe glass. I collect some glass art. Okay. Glass art. Yeah, glass art. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Longest session ever. Um, See, tournaments is easier to get off, you know. Yeah, I don't think longer than maybe 14 hours. Wow, okay. Yeah, 16 hours Stay max. Staying fresh. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've ever had a, a session longer than that. Maybe um, maybe cash before. No, never longer. Nah, never. I, I don't think I ever played a cash session longer than like 10 or 12 hours either. Everybody I know is always like, I played a 26-hour session with... Yeah. Chip Reese and Andy Andy Ratfink Magoo, you know what I mean? And they and they robbed I me I at the heard end. The name Ratfink Magoo, and it's quite some time. Yeah, exactly. It's a not not many people know about him. You know? <laughs> Do you like telling people you're a professional poker player? Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I I'm, get in the Uber and they say, "What do you do?" And you tell them. Oh, if I get in the Uber, I might troll them though. I might tell them I'm a drug dealer or something. You know yeah. what I mean? Me. You know, I dabble. <laughs> you <know>? <laughs> <laughs> what you need? <laughs> yeah, what's good? No, I yeah, no. In an Uber, I tell them I I haven't gotten an Uber in a while, but I I I have told Uber drivers multiple times, and it's always a conversation, and it's always like I play one two at Palace Station, and and, and I know a bluff raise when I see one. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. Hell yeah, dog. No, no, I don't mind that. You know what I mean? It is what it is. I, it's the can of worms that I opened. You know. You obviously crush on WSOP. Was there a nemesis that you have on that site? Ah, man, yeah, Pollux, I guess. Pollux, Krista. for sure. Krista, yeah. yeah. She, I mean, she... Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she, I would say she's my nemesis, for sure. Just because she was, like, the whole time, the whole player of the year. Um, Pushing you, right? Yeah. So, but do you actually, like... Have a lot of confrontations on the tables. Um, like, like, how often do you guys see each other? Like, oh, every, every day, yeah. yeah, yeah. So much confrontations at the tables. So much confrontations mm-hmm. at the tables. You know, and she holds her own. <laughs> well, there you go. You know, uh, Krista Gifford. There's your shout out. Uh, let's see here. I have a few more questions, and I'll let you go. Any near death experiences? Um. Uh, I almost walked in front of a car on a highway one time. That was about it, I think. Why were you walking on the highway? Well, there's like, um, in Ocean City, like the main road is just called Coastal Highway. It's called Coastal Highway. It's 35 miles an hour. But it's like uh, you walk across and you're in the middle and then you keep going. And then I I don't know. I I think the car was like silent or I was (laughs) drunk or something. I don't know car was silent yeah i don't know i was probably drunk i can't remember i I can just vividly remember how close (sighs) close yeah (laughs) close enough that i walked out they beeped and i stepped back and i was like oh shit i almost just got fucking wrecked yeah yeah like almost got wrecked i always think about that like that time it's your fault okay but like yeah no totally my fault you know you could just be walking on the sidewalk and somebody just oh just get dusted yeah. And like the trust we have in vehicles. Insanity. <laughs> in Insanity. Trust me, I know. Crazy. Trust me, I know. I'm trying to think to any other near death experiences. I don't think so. That's good. Um, what is your bold prediction for poker's future? PLO. No, yeah. I know, not really. I mean, probably, but maybe not. I don't know. Bold prediction for poker's future. I don't know. I think, I th- I think poker's going to have issues when things like Neuralink become available. Okay. 
I think that's actually going to cause issues. I'd like to see four-color decks. <laughs> I'd love if we just had some four-color decks live. That'd be so sick. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think maybe bomb pot tournaments would be cool. That's my bold prediction. Bomb pot tournaments are going to become a thing. So everybody just get to the flop right away. Right, right You're away. Forcing post flop play. Yep, PLO four card double board bomb pot. Everyone, <laughs> eight people see a flop. Eight. That's math. That's how that works. Ten, eight. Yeah, that's enough. You can do that. Yep. Yeah. Two boards. Three, two flops. It's On you, sir. Replace the main event. Everyone antes. It should. <laughs> I played one double board bomb pot tournament at MGM. I chopped it, and it was the best tournament I've ever played in my life. I'm not, I'm not even joking. It was it's so much better than regular poker. It's like than hold'em. It's, it's, is it super gambly though, or there's still a lot of strategy to no, it? No, it's it's hilarious because you you think it's super gambly, right? But it's really you're, it's like you're playing high low because it's a split pot game. Mm-hmm. It's just instead of a high low split, it's a top bottom split. So what happens is you get a bunch of people who have no idea what they're doing, drawing for one board when they're dead on, a, on the second board and they're losing on the right on the, so you want a two-way hand but yeah you also well if you are if you have a one-way hand it has to be locked and you have to have more than one person in the pot right to make it right yeah but basically what you're saying is accurate yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's okay. it's basically you need you need to lock up one board or you have to have a, a strong two-way you know you have i don't know you know what i mean it's you could have Pillow. You can have anything. <laughs> yeah, you can have a seven pair on top and twelve pair on the bottom. Like I don't know. You know what I mean? Like you, you gotta have the nuts. There but my, moral stories. The, the, there's so much dead money in the middle from people tra- chasing like one draw on one board, where they're drawing completely dead on the other board. So no, that's uh, the, that game has a big skill edge, I think, and it's so fun. Like everyone loves it. You know. Yeah, I used to feel the same way about double flop hold'em. They used to spread that in, in South Florida, where I'm from. I was like, this should take off. It's just two flops, a communal turn and river, one pot. Huh. I'm sorry, two pots, but like you can win both. There's more scooping because the turn and river are communal for both boards. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. That's interesting. Let me think about this for a second. So it's two flops yeah. and then a communal turn and river. Wow. Right, so if you drill the turn and river, you could scoop. Yeah. Or if it completes. I you think know. the reason that that game is worse is because it's Hold'em, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think that and that game's good for the house. It was the house crushes. <laughs> it was played limit, so I'm pretty sure that's why. They, oh, it was they limit it. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd play that game. I don't know how 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 yeah. you know. <laughs> I would play that right now. Fuck it. You know what I mean? Like that game sounds kind of fun. Like that, well, that that to me that to me is poker. Once people solve something, they move on to something else, and then that becomes yeah. popular until that gets solved. You know, you saw it with Chinese poker, and then... no, I like that. I like that because that's one thing about No Limit. I don't know if did you see the stuff that came out with the new bot? No. What There's a new bot? heads up bot. I can't remember its name, but it's um, how new? Like, not like brand Bryce, new. Right? Just just in the last like week, I saw it on Twitter. Someone was talking about it. Chris Brewer and uh, Kevin Rabichow were talking about it, and Rabichow was talking about it, and he was like explaining how good it was and how it beats all these humans and everything. But then buried in there, I didn't even notice this until my buddy pointed it out. It beat the other heads up bot. Like the the like so this is the new king of bots, right? Right, right. It beat the new heads up bot by twenty point three big blinds over a hundred hands, which is like like a good win rate for an online player might be like four or six big blinds per one hundred. Right. Just in general, just this winning is just flawless play. Yeah, like this is you know this is just it's twenty point one big blinds above what the other one would win. At this point, you're overcoming variance. Like <laughs> oh, it's absurd. Yeah, yeah, but it was it's doing all these crazy stuff. So like. 
even though we continually move forward with like even though we're at such a high point in poker like obviously we got solvers where like 10 years ago people weren't even three betting like ace jack you know what i mean like and now we have solvers that tell you what percentage to do everything i mean even like everything just is getting better and better and better and there's like it's just crazy. Well, so, it also shows the room for improvement in humans, right? Like, yeah. There's still so much higher levels to get to. Well, that's why I'm concerned about things like Neuralink and stuff, just because it's like, um, and not Neuralink specifically, but like things like that. You know, any sort of yeah. cognitive, any sort of cyberpunk enhancements that like, you know, like if that ends up being a thing, it actually, yeah. you know, you're taking PEDs for poker, which is just, you know. Right. You're probably going to have to step through some sort of special metal detector or... Yeah, Up- upgrade detector before so you get into a yeah, tournament. Yeah, it's, it's actually crazy. Like yeah. think about. It. I mean, it's like yeah, who knows what the future's going to hold? But well, you know, if you have to do it to get on a plane. <laughs> yeah. No. Exactly. Yeah. Shit. We end the podcast the same way every time with a question from the random question generator. Okay. Would you rather have unlimited sushi for life or unlimited tacos for life? <sighs> okay, so I'm going to go with sushi. I assume the caveats of this are I get the best tacos and best sushi, right? Yeah, it's unlimited. Yeah, so I get yeah, unlimited, literally. I mean, for me, man, here's the thing. Oh, yeah, I got to take sushi. I would get sick of it for sure. I'm in a sick of sushi phase right now. Yeah. Like, I don't know what happened. I love sushi. I went like four times in two weeks, and now I'm sick of it. But I know my wife loves sushi. It's a high burnout rate for sure. Yeah, now but you do get a variety, high dollar item too. Right, that's what I'm saying. It sounds like there's no caveats to selling the product, so it sounds like I'm, <laughs> sounds like I'm pretty wealthy. You know what yeah. I mean? I'll take unlimited sushi, and me and Nobu are gonna have some conversations. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, that's true. I'm gonna cheat. Go. If it was just for me, like I can't give these away, I have to eat them. I would take tacos. It's the easiest call of all time. My, t- my my thought on it was there are plenty of all-you-can-eat sushi places, but not a lot of all-you-can-eat taco places. <laughs> That's true. That's <laughs> like true. You get the experience of unlimited sushi you know, whenever you want. Yeah, but I can do unlimited tacos every day now. Yeah. Something tells me that also will get old fast. You also Could die faster, wrong. I think, if you eat tacos over sushi every day. Fuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think about that shit. Anyway, uh, <laughs> good choice. Good choice yeah. for sushi, you know. Solid choice. Mike, thank you so much for inviting me into your home and coming on the podcast. That was great. Thank you, bro. I appreciate it. It's awesome. That's it. That is the show. Thank you once again to Mike for having me over and for coming on the podcast. We actually recorded this interview just a few days ago on Tuesday, and the very next day, he won an event down at the Venetian. So you know that the podcast Run Good is a real thing. You can find Mike on Twitter at MikeHoltzPoker. And you can find us on Twitter at CardPlayerMedia. Don't forget to subscribe and don't forget to leave a rating and a review. Until next time, thanks for listening.